Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 361 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for teaching us as we read your word. Teach us more about you today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's see what Zechariah has for us today in chapter 7. The temple was about halfway rebuilt when a question arose. Should the people continue to fast as they did on specific days to commemorate particular events? Since Leviticus, the people fasted on the Day of Atonement. When they went into exile, they added four more days of fasting to their list. Days like when they were captured, when Jerusalem was burned to the ground, and the beginning of the Babylonian siege. Now that exile was over and a remnant of the people was back in Jerusalem building the temple, they wondered if they should continue to fast on those days. After all, it had become customary over the last 70 years. God spoke through Zechariah when he asked them if they fasted for him or if they fasted in self-pity. We too can get tangled up with self-pity, but God is not in that. May we seek God and not succumb to the self-pity. In verses 9 and 10, God tells the people what he desires. He desires truth, mercy, kindness, and tender compassion for one another. He wants us to help the widows, orphans, and poor, and he doesn't want us to devise evil plans against one another in our minds, hearts, or in reality. Since their predecessors didn't do this, the Lord dealt with them. Their refusal to listen to the prophets God sent them resulted in their 70-year exile. In chapter 8, we read about God's desire to make Jerusalem great again and stomp out their enemies. In verse 3, we read that God will return to Zion and will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. And Jerusalem shall be called the faithful city of truth in the mountain of the Lord of hosts, the holy mountain. God gives them a vision of what Jerusalem will be like one day. Once again, older men and women would sit in various parts of the city. Children would play in the streets. However, during Zechariah's time, Jerusalem wasn't safe. Their walls were still broken, and we've read where people had to arm themselves with one hand and build with another. This is a welcome vision for them indeed. Just as God promised these good things for the people who struggled to build his temple, he has good things in store for us. May we be strengthened to climb the mountains in front of us, knowing God is walking beside us and has great plans for us in days to come. Verse 8 says, and I will bring them home, and they shall dwell in the midst of Jerusalem, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God in truth and faithfulness and in righteousness. God has always desired this for his people. May our hearts align with God's desire for truth, faithfulness, and righteousness in our lives. In verse 13, God promises that he will save Judah and Israel and that they will be a blessing. He commands them, fear not, but let your hands be strong and hardened. In verse 15, he again tells them to fear not. May we not fear, but be strengthened by God's promises. His last promise in this chapter is God is with you. Let's lean into all of God's promises because God never changes and will do what he said he will do. Let's see what we can learn from Proverbs 30 written by Agur. There is no other mention of Agur in the Bible, so we don't know more about him than his words here in this proverb. He starts out very humbly, revealing that he knows nothing compared to Almighty God. Some theologians propose this psalm is more of a prophetic word given to Agur by God. Verse 4 speaks to this and more and says, Who has ascended into heaven and descended? 
who has gathered the wind in his fists, who has bound the waters in his garment, who has established all the ends of the earth. What is his name and what is his son's name? If you know, our God is mighty. None is as great as he is. Verse five tells us that God is our shield. Another beautiful reminder that God watches over us. In verse eight, Agor asks God for two things. He asks God to keep him from lying and keep him from poverty so that he wouldn't be reduced to stealing, which would offend the Lord. When we have too little, we are tempted to sin. When we have too much, we lean on ourselves and not the Lord. Excess leads to pride. May God give us enough, but not more than we can use. May we be satisfied with what he gives us. Agur warns us about speaking ill against others and our parents. May our words always be kind and honor others and our parents. He goes on to write about things too wonderful for him to understand, things that the earth cannot bear, and stately things. Most of his ponderings urge us to consider these things as well. His lists are not exhaustive because we see he uses the words three things and then four. There are so many things we can wonder about that God made. Notice what other things come up for you as we read his lists. It's interesting to meditate on. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for your word that teaches us so many things about you. Expand our belief and trust in you, Father. Help us see more of you and your magnificence in all that we see in this earth. Do not let us miss you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.